0: Welcome to The Uplift, where we are uplifting our lives, uplifting each other, and uplifting our communities together. Thank you for joining myself, Sai Herrera, and Tessa Savala here, two women, two attorneys doing it our way, and inviting you here each week to share in on the stories, advice, and life lessons we've picked up along our journeys that keep us uplifted, and that will hopefully do the very same thing for you. Now buckle
1: in, and let's get ready to be uplifted. Hello, I'm Tessa, and always I am joined by the lovely and amazing and accomplished Cy. Hi, Tessa. So good to hear your voice. So good to hear your voice, and you have won a big special award in our city recently. (laughs) I think we should talk about that a little bit, because it's very exciting.
0: <laughs> I am excited. I'm very honored to receive um, the Public Servant Award for um, the NASW, it's the National Association of Social Workers. I am so proud of you. I think this is <laughs> such a huge
1: accomplishment. And just think I mean, it feels like you just moved here, and yet look at you thriving, <laughs> winning awards.
0: it's surreal i am not used to winning any kind of award so it was definitely a let's wing it situation type speech but it was it was really really great my parents were out there and so i felt really loved and supported and i'm really grateful to um my my nominating um person and all of the people who supported me in it and just to be in company of, of all the other orgies. It was really, really cool. And it was just really cool to, to learn and, and get to connect with everybody there too. I think it is
1: amazing <laughs> and, you know, all these accomplishments And I've been sucked in the vortex of the Texas legislature, which is why work, <laughs> but it is also a manic workspace where, you know, our days started between five and six in the morning and last mm. until Midnight, 2 a.m. I mean, oh, uh, yeah, 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 right. So, what is on my mind? Like unreasonable,
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, like that makes sense.
1: Unreasonable employer demands, and like, mm-hmm. how do you set boundaries when it's sometimes even with yourself, right? And right, how do right. you do it? And how, and obviously, there are careers like, say, if you're a doctor, like, and you work in an emergency room, there's, there's a setting and you don't have a lot of control over it, but. Mm-hmm. how do you set the boundaries how do you handle burnout because right you know when you're watching politics you realize most people who get burnt out just start yelling and screaming <laughs> at least that's how it happens in politics like that uh, but yeah I'm not, I'm not willing to say that's like the healthiest outlook and no. I also think a you know, part of it is our our culture right like right it is expected to like Wear yourself to the boat or and make all it the look so cultures. simple. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It is wild and crazy. And I think, at least for me, it's one of the reasons I left the traditional practice of law. Mm-hmm. I think, because you know, that idea that you're supposed to be working 80, 90 hour weeks so you can reach your billable level. It's just, <laughs> um, it's untenable for humans, right? Right. right. Like,
0: I don't even I'm know if we have. Oh, go ahead the numbers show i mean the numbers show I, we uh, you know it, it's still an expectation but yet we have the highest rates of all the bad things as attorneys. <laughs> and so the numbers don't lie as i like Wait. to say the numbers don't <laughs> lie
1: <laughs> they don't and it's like the practice of law has this culture of mm-hmm. and it attracts people who are like type a and overachievers What right. and which then created this culture of work yourself to the bone Mm. but they then I think I I don't know if there's numbers to show it but I would assume productivity and work quality right drop the more exhausted
0: a person gets I mean it only makes sense yeah of course absolutely yeah we're just human beings (laughs) we're we're mere mortals and so uh, of course it does right and 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 the, the interesting thing to me is how as a society, we've chosen to move more and more, like double down even on this concept that, you know, you can push, push, push and get and just squeeze out a little bit more product- productivity, <laughs> you know, every quarter, you can just get that last little drop out, you know, just push people hard enough. And it's just tragic, because it really doesn't make sense, actually, for anybody,
1: including the employer,
0: right? Yeah. It's tragic.
1: It, it's tragic and it's counterintuitive. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I would thought that after, well, during the pandemic, that that would like people would start having more respect for boundaries and mm. how weekends shouldn't be about like recovery. They should just be about, or the time to run your errand. It should just be about, right.
0: you know, enjoying your weekend. I don't, and I, I always talk to folks about the fact that like, how do you, how, this is such a serious question for me, be, not just for me personally, but you know, as an executive director, I feel like I have a, such a duty to my staff members, you know, not, and not just for their productivity, <laughs> but <laughs> for their well and for their well yes. being. And, you know, I just feel this sense of, of duty and I, I think it's, it's, it strikes me that, you know, we so often just focus on the numbers and not the people in different ways or, you know, whatever, whatever metrics we set for, for whatever success is supposed to be. And, um, I, you know, I talk to people all the time because I've sensed the same thing and I, I don't know if it's COVID related or if it's just like that time in my life from in this part of my career where, you know, stakes are higher or what have you, but, I, I talk to people, and it's you know mo- no matter what their role, they feel the same way where we're so entrenched in work. Um, the work has become um not even just identity, which I thought was pretty bad before <laughs> um, <laughs> but it has become part of our being in a way that we we we're entangled you know i don't I don't really have the right words except to say that. Every time I speak to someone about it, we have the same phenomenon, we share the same experience in that, you know, you could take a week off of work, which is like, oh my gosh, that's like, that's really impressive in America. Like you took a week off, like that's a big deal, right? (laughs) But if you take a week off, I mean, everyone that I talk to, it seems, and I wonder if you experience this too, you know, we all share this phenomenon that it takes days, if not the full week, just for us to start detangling ourselves from our work and from that occupation in our mind and the anxiety that comes with it frankly um that we carry all the time like we have this new homeostasis level that we just we're at we're at 10 all the time and we're just we're there you know (laughs) and to get back down to level set to get down to zero where you can actually then like get into this healing space, this relaxation space, even recovery. I mean, all of that, you know, I feel like it, going on a vacation is not even a vacation anymore. I, I really feel like this is a struggle. And I don't know if everyone is experiencing this, but everyone I talk to is experiencing the same phenomenon where, you know, a week is not even gonna do it. And so what are we gonna do? How do we avoid burnout? This is such, such a relevant topic for me.
1: And I think, you know, I would add too, What you said that when you're on vacation, you're never actually on vacation Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. people still think they can contact. Oh God, that part, that part, call you and email you and text you, and then when you return, there's this like either passive requirement or understood requirement that you then need to make up for the time that you are gone, (laughs) which is like (laughs) counterintuitive to the whole concept of
0: vacation, right? yes yes and and I and I mean that that leads to another question of like how do we allow for that so like in our office I have been exercising my ability to take over people's inboxes and you will not believe how much people fight me like they want to fight me it's so funny I'm like you're going on vacation right they're like yeah but I'll be available I'm like no you will not Mm -hmm. and they're like "Yeah, yeah but I'll be checking my email I'm like no you actually will not like you better not be in your email. I'm like, I will check your email. I will have somebody check your email for emergencies. Like there, you have an away message. Nobody should be contacting you. I'm like, you're going to be fine. I'm like, it's going to be there. It's going to be there. And actually I say, it's going to be there when you get back, but you're right. It like pulls into the idea of, well, you can deal with it. When you get back, you still have to deal with it. (laughs) And so the question (laughs) is like, how do you even, how do you even take care of people's work while they're gone? Like I think about it from the other side because you know in order for somebody to truly feel like they can um, unplug entirely they have to feel secure I guess to some extent or that seems my experience is like people need to have that security that Everything is going to be okay. Somebody is going to take care of this. Um, I don't have to worry. You know, I don't have to worry that something's going to slip through the cracks. And, and I think that's the really difficult part is like, even if you have a commitment as a workplace, as a team to take care of one another so you all can have the space to really unplug, um, it's still so difficult. I mean, individually, it's difficult to let go. And as a team, it's difficult to really, be able to provide that security that someone needs in order to to trust you (laughs) to do that basically
1: as a person who runs her own business it's hard Mm -hmm. to oh yeah step away from it but it's also managing uh i guess it's some expectations of being Mm -hmm. available all the time by your clients but also prioritizing right like what is an emergency and what isn't and right. i have discovered like tips of i tend to over communicate like i'm currently out of my office this is what i think the situation is i can get back to you on this day or if it's an actual emergency and i usually say actual emergency <laughs> <laughs> is it really <laughs> mm-hmm, then i think. we could deal with it now you know it's almost like slowly minimizing the situations and then Mm. providing extra information I I really like your idea of almost removing their access to their Mm -hmm. email during that time because Mm -hmm. we have that culture where people just want to check their emails and hopefully they're keeping like a private email for their own stuff so that's what they're dealing with And I think we would still be like manic about our own personal email, even if it's just like, you know, Mm -hmm. next door updates about what's happening in your neighborhood or sales flyers (laughs) from Target.
0: The other interesting part, I guess, is too like your setup and everybody has a different setup, right? Like for me, I've been trying to um, manage communication expectations for everyone in my world to let them know, like, I am not going to get an emergency email. That's not a real thing for me. <laughs> like, if there an emergency, <laughs> if you don't want that emergency to be addressed, please email it. I will get back to you in three to five business days. Um, but if you want my attention right now, and it really is an emergency, like, I need you to text me. I need you to call mm-hmm. me. And if, and if if And if you have an emergency, like, if we're doing business together, you should have my cell phone number because I'm not stingy Mm -hmm. with my cell phone number. If you don't have my cell phone number, we're not even doing business together. (laughs) Like You shouldn't (laughs) be contacting me, right? And so, you know, it starts there, actually. It kind of starts with boundaries from the beginning, like, like not way, way, way before you decide to take vacation. It starts even with that. And I mean, we're talking about burnout. Burnout is not about vacation. Like we're, we're framing it that way kind of, but the truth is like, my real question is, is a vacation enough? you know, to, avoid oh, yeah. and I think that the answer is probably not like, I, I just don't, I don't see it. Like, honestly, the more, like I've tried to take little weekend trips. I've tried to like, you know, take longer trips and I'm like, this is a great, um, but I haven't got that sense of like, I'm completely renewed and I could just, <laughs> you know, do 10 more years straight. Like, I don't know where that feeling is. Like, I, I, I don't know. I think everyone's probably different for me sometimes I feel I feel more normal when I'm working again like I it's really a strange phenomenon I hope it's just me (laughs) it's it's me too (laughs) okay well and it's unfortunate because I feel like that's a harder question now right like it's not like okay you just unplug for a week and you come back and like everything is great it's not that it's not that so what what is it? How are we going to really truly, you know, like change the idea that like burnout is just like a normal thing. I feel like it's just so normalized <laughs> where people just believe it's going to happen, honestly. And in the nonprofit world, especially I'm sure in your world, like people are just, they just assume like, oh yeah, you could, you're going to, these people are going to be able to do this for like a couple years tops or, <laughs> you know, like there's some people with certain jobs, like they get very comfortable. They could do it for longer, but most people with those like high stress jobs, those high demand, like, you know, public facing jobs, especially like, it's not, it's it, it's almost like you just, you just assume that people are not going to stay there long. And I, and I feel like that's so unacceptable. I just, it I is. don't know. I don't know what, what exactly to do either. Like I'm trying to get to that, but I think part of it, frankly, is like this, like everything really is this larger structural question. Like we have to think about the structure of our work. Um, And like you said, it seems like there's some things where there's no way around it. But truthfully, if we really dig, like your example of an, an ER doctor, okay, an ER doctor is going to have a highly stressful position, um, you know, a very intense and and, and time-consuming position. Of course, they're on call sometimes, et cetera. A life and death situation. A life and death situation, literally, where they are not mm-hmm. going to be like, oh, let me put them on hold. Like, no, they're going to have <laughs> to go and take care of it, right? Which I understand. But even in that example, why is this doctor you know, the only doctor for, I have no idea for like, you know, three weeks straight or whatever. I mean, my, my sister's a nurse and I know from her that, you know, she's always expected to be on call every week. Like every week there's a weekend day and and I'm doing air quotes that you can't see. (laughs) There's a weekend (laughs) day. where she is expected to be on call. I'm like, if you're on call, you're out, you're working like you literally are not free. So like you're either free or you're not free. Um, And so that's what I'm saying is like, even in that example, it's like, okay, well, I'm sure there actually are answers. It's just, you know, especially with corporations, but I mean, in all employee employer work settings, employers are actually not necessarily willing to do what they need to do to make it more reasonable and more humane because they could clearly hire more doctors and are there staff shortages, they say that's the case, but I get very confused by that because I feel like everyone's always looking for work so I'm not sure about that either. I'm not sure about that narrative. So, you know, there, there are solutions. Um, The bigger issue I think is, is who are the decision makers and, and what is their outlook, right? What is their perspective about society and humanity and, um, and, and grace, right? Like giving people grace and dignity in their work. I think that's, 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 you know, much bigger part of it than vacations even. I read about a tech company to this point point. And I
1: can't remember which one it is. So I'm not going to name names, mm-hmm. but their work policy is: you do not ask for time off; you take mm-hmm. it when you want it; you mm-hmm. show up when you need it; you leave when you need it. It's about getting your work done and not ticky-tacky. Right. Yeah, this That's is where what you I want to get and to. Yeah, you have to sign out to like take your kid to the doctor which is just it's stupid oh so i mean yeah
0: oh god i i hate that patronizing crap it really is that it's like that employer-employer relationship has been almost like this paternalistic bull it's a yeah. cultural paternalism and i'm so mm-hmm. over it and i i <laughs> want to get there actually i really want to get there i joke with my my staff all the time i'm like you know, I read a book that was called like the four hour work week. That's my goal for all of us. I'm like, how do we do that? And you know, people talk about the four day work week and I'm like, that's great. I'm like, but how do we keep pushing? Because at the end of the day, we're trying to do a thing. We're not trying to keep people occupied, which, which actually as I say that out loud, as I say that out loud, I wonder, are we, because I'm not, but I almost feel like, you know, Work is a very convenient control
1: in society. Yes.
0: So I'll leave it there. I'll leave it there. But, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, but I'm know, just saying we could get there. We could get there if that was the goal. Absolutely, And it feels to me, and maybe I'm just way too optimistic. I don't know what this <laughs> is going to, is where we're such going to go with my statement. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. But I feel like for decades, mm-hmm. employers just like, completely distrusted their employees absolutely right absolutely they weren't responsible enough to like just live their life and interweave work into it it had to be so regimented that they couldn't actually live their lives
0: and I'm just gonna say this right here I feel like I'm compelled to say this I'm reading the 1619 project right now I mean I think that all of this is in part I don't know what it's like in every country with all their histories all I know is this one but it has to be in part related to slavery, this legacy of slavery, right? And this control over people has come from from that culture in, in a lot of ways, in my opinion. And so I I wonder, like, how do we overcome that without, you know, I mean, with calling it out by name or without calling it out by name? I mean, like, how do we overcome it, period? Because I feel like it's, it seems to me that it's it's so, so entrenched, it's, 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 it's not even verbalized in a way anymore where it's just it's just ingrained, you know, in people, in society. It's culture. It's that culture. And culture is the hardest thing kind of to undo, right?
1: And as somebody who is intimately familiar with Swedish life and culture, I can tell you that I have not seen in my cousins or aunts or uncles any iota of the American way. Mm. And they have all been very successful in their careers, but there is a distinct cutoff time, and unless it's an emergency, people do not contact each other. It's like there's a general respect for when it is work time and when it is not work time. Right, right, right. And something that we don't have here, and we've seen European countries in the last couple of years, like actually pass laws in Spain mm. and Portugal about. If somebody is off, you cannot contact them unless it's an emergency.
0: And if you do, you're going to get a labor fine. Ooh, I like a labor fine. That's (laughs) (laughs)
1: right. Like, does it have to come to that? I mean, I would love to think that we could be better and we could just start treating people with basic
0: dignities and respect. It would be lovely. It would be so lovely. Exactly. And and that's, I guess, that's where we are right now, where it's like are we going to get this from our government are we going to have to try to change the culture somehow like how do we actually become effective in this space you know i have way to
1: uh for all my positivity i tend to be very i don't realistic perhaps cynical about the impact of puritans on america and i feel <laughs> like you know like There is a purity test and there is that we distrust people because we distrusted the British government. So we're no longer gonna trust anybody for you know, hundreds of years now. Mm. And that we don't have that ingrained in our culture in America to allow for trust and grace and respect.
0: That's so true. It's so true. Like those are our roots. (laughs) That's it's just real. Yeah.
1: And i don't like it, it. I, don't like it
0: I don't like it either i don't either and, and and what's interesting to me is like as you say that and i know how true it is i you know i really know how true that is isn't it interesting though that there's so many people that are like us at the same yeah. time isn't that so mm-hmm. in, like there's almost a paradox that that is so 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 true very very true true to the core and yet there are all these people that think differently in this country that want something different. And and there's almost a, you know, not, there's not a consensus, that's too far. But, you know, there are definitely some common grounds right there, right? There's common ground. Um, And I just, I just wonder, like, what is it going to take? Are we always going to be diametrically opposed? Are are there always going to be like these two camps? I know, I know. There's like a million camps, but you know, for <laughs> sake of this conversation, are there always going to be these two camps that are just opposed, um, and one's going to like, you know, get gains? I feel like you know, there were times in history where workers, you know, got rights um, or won some rights, whether or not they were temporary, are um, still going, and then they've always, you know, there's always a backlash. There's always this. Um, this 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 slow degradation of, of those wins um, and so is it always going to be that way that's, that's the part that's kind of yeah kind of gets me hope, <laughs> I have hope that it's
1: generational and once mm. we get the boomers out
0: <laughs>
1: then like the clear headed people will mm-hmm. prevail and people mm. will be treated with greater respect and I guess I need There's to that. Like, I think well I like to think of Gen X more like millennials than boomers, but there's probably some older Gen Xers that are more like boomers. So let's, let's split them in half and put Mm -hmm. part of them with the boomers. Once those people Mm -hmm. clear out then everybody else, I think we all have a healthy respect for either. We don't care what's happening in your life. Just do what you need to do. And I don't need to know about it. Or I'm going to give you, I'm going to, super care about your life and I'm going to embrace it and I'm going to allow you to do what you need to do and I think yeah. both of those get to the same point right like you have the dazed and confused kind of Gen Xers who are like just do whatever you need to do
0: Yeah, and then you yeah. have
1: this great care and concern that has evolved through Millennials and Gen Zers and I think they both get to the same point where right. there's going to be greater trust and respect for people and I like really hope you're of- right I hope so because I think there's, I do believe that at the core of America is like this idea that the individual can take care of themselves. Mm -hmm. And I think that applies when you're a worker too, right? Like you understand as a reasonable human being that, hey, I probably shouldn't schedule my kids appointment on the same day that I already know, let's say our annual meeting is going to be for our company right there's there's basic things like that that you could respect and I think everybody knows it hey sometimes there's emergencies sometimes kids need to go to doctors unexpectedly sometimes things happen in people's lives like their house floods because a pipe burst and instead of punishing people because that kept them away from their office let's just say I want you to be whole and have a great life and not be worried about these things take care of what you need Exactly. like that's to me
0: seems like a healthy kind of employer employee relationship and you would think an employer would want to would want to provide whatever the employee needs to be successful i mean it ju- it just makes sense you know and so that <laughs> the thing that bothers me is just like this this like you said counterintuitive you know knee-jerk reaction and um and yeah, we could speculate where that comes from, but I, I think it has some pretty dark origins. And at this point, we're just we're just we're just repeating, you know, things that people like even when we make policies in the nonprofit world, it's like, you know, you just like go to templates and it's just like, you know, the 40 hour work week, for example, it's like, this is a vestige of what, I mean, when did the unions win, you know, the 40 hour, I mean, this was a long time ago. We're still like on this. It's just really, really interesting that there is, um, you know, it just makes me think of like the fish in the water, you know, that we're in the water and we just, yeah. I, it's just like, this is what we know. And it's, it, yeah. And, and I mean, I, another part that strikes me is, is when you talk about the generational differences, part of it must be the information revolution, right? Like young yeah. people or ge- ge- newer generations since, since basically the eighties, like when the, when the internet came about, um, We've just been exposed. We've been exposed to an inordinate amount of information that just no, no other generation had ever, ever, ever on mass had access to. Period. Like, hard stop. Like it just wasn't a thing, right? And now, I mean, I could go look at like what's going on in Netherlands. What does their like work <laughs> policy look like? You know, I could translate it on Google. I, I could do anything. I could go. Do a, I mean, I could ask AI to give me like a 12-page comparison of the top industrial, you know, countries in the world and what they have to say about different policies. I mean, anything, everything, anytime, you know, it's wild. It is. And I think about having
1: email in college and how many people <laughs> yes. before did not. and You're right. It also makes me think that having email and then having like, the ability to facetime and zoom and i would even add in it like gaming when you can game with other people and having mm. like in your teenage years and beyond been able to game with other people you have learned how to create communities and create friendships that don't have to be like the old school. Yeah. approximate they don't have you can be you might not know each other's what color you are what creed you are what language you speak but you're able to communicate yeah that's. and i I think that's an advantage (laughs) like i think that is a huge advantage because Mm -hmm. it like blocks out all the sometimes inherent bad discriminatory actions of people Mm -hmm. and you could build these amazing relationships that don't even Enter the mind of say boomer generation right like they don't understand the fact that you didn't meet a person somewhere and develop all your friendship milestones like Mm. at the local cafe right or or diner I guess that's what (laughs) I've (laughs) tried
0: yeah it's a whole new world powerful yeah Yeah. And, and the potential is there I mean the potential is there to go either way i have to recognize like you know even in the gaming world there's a lot of darkness there too yep. i mean there's there's the, the you know the dehumanization of people too when you don't have them in front of you right mm-hmm. um the filters and all of that we've talked about like i mean we're 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 changing the way we perceive ourselves and others you know it's it's there's, oh. a lot of wild things there's a lot there but for overall I, I, I sense from this, this exposure to information, it's been all in all um, on, on the all, like good, you know, I, I mean, people yeah. have been able to be exposed to new ideas and, and I mean, it, it, it kind of comes down to what you believe in humanity and I know that there's always bad in the world, but there's so much good. I mean, there's so many people who are just quietly taking their new enlightenment on a lot of things and just putting it into action, you know. They're they're just you don't even know about it. They're just at your local, you know, nonprofits or even businesses or you know mm-hmm. what have you. I mean, government. You know, there's a lot of good people in government that I know that are you know in in my generation. I'm just like, oh, I see what you're doing. Like you're challenging things, yeah. you know, and it's cool. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, no. Yeah, it's, it's so cool. And it's because they have a different person perspective right they have a whole different world perspective that just was not there before and 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 it's it's really interesting because it's formulated almost in a very personal way too like it's this global conversation but each person is kind of doing their own journey you know through it and they're coming to their own conclusions and it's really powerful I mean people are self-educating yes. in a way, That is pretty amazing.
1: It is. And I like to think that's also what's bringing about this kind of respect for boundaries too. Like Mm. taking in all that information, all the studies that say the more diverse information you have, the greater your output will be and the greater understanding you have for each other. So could that be that that's why we're starting to see these companies and nonprofits have these policies that are, you know, take care of yourself, just do your job whenever you need to, whatever it needs to happen right like yeah. meet your deadlines produce what you need to produce and everything's going to work out yeah. I guess it's that whole what is the I think there's an economic term for it, stakeholder economy as opposed to mm. old school shareholder economy which was mm-hmm. how do I derive the most amount of profit out of it whereas stakeholder focuses on creating the greater good and with your employees your stakeholders and your supply chain. And turns out you also end up making more money. Wow. (laughs)
0: <laughs> a win-win people should love a win-win but they don't it's so strange people actually there's a psychological phenomenon well people want a win-lose it's so interesting to me and I hate that it's a real thing but it's very true like people would rather make more money than somebody else than to for uh-huh. them to both make more money that's just wild to me that that's real but it is so we have to recognize it's just a human situation <laughs> or maybe it's uh, a societal I th- thing I don't know
1: I think it's a puritan thing where it's like Mm -hmm. there has to be an element of
0: suffering with it yes exactly always that and this all brings me to another thing this is a little bit complicated in 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 my you know calculation of it but everything we're talking about you know in regards to um doing your work certain productivity what have you all the measurements and all of that that's all really helpful. And we can get to that place, I believe. And I still think, you know, we, we know that it's coming from this like puritanical, you know, propaganda, if you will, or, or indoctrination, if you will. But I also wonder if some of it um, is also, you know, just a mix of trauma response, generally speaking.
1: (gasps) Interesting. When you start talking, I was like, is this actual people's insecurities? Coming yeah. Out?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, think about it. Like, why do we want to do so well or be successful? Right? Like, we're sometimes, hopefully, <laughs> you've done your work and you're, or you you've gotten to a place where it's for you or, or whatever is a good reason. But I mean, I think a lot of us are just trying to like, you know, impress our parents still get approval <laughs> from somebody <laughs> in the world. Like, fill that hole you know like I mean you said it so nicely whereas I know oh daddy issues daddy (laughs) issues are real it's just a real thing you know and 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 the sad truth is that so many of us have no idea why we do the things that we do really you know and and I always I always kind of joke I'm like well good thing my trauma response is like working hard and you know (laughs) other people's traumas responses you know get them in very very sad unfortunate situations and I'm like Yeah, it's just unfair. It's just unfair. Because like, you know, everybody um, has probably experienced some trauma in their lives. And, and, Mm -hmm. and whether or not they get to work through it, or, you know, have the tools to access the ability to work through it. I mean, that's, that's, there's no fairness there at all. There's no equity there at all. And so I, I guess I, what I'm saying is, I, we cannot truly, you know, detangle our work from our trauma either. And that part worries me. You know, I have people that, that work with us who I'm just, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm just in such a struggle because I'm like, I want you so much for you to be well. And I want everything that we do to contribute to, to wellness and not, not anything else. But then there's like this point where, you know, it's beyond that, you know, and, um, and even when it looks good, it, it, it could be bad, I guess is the more complicated one, right? Wow. So when people are like, you know, doing so much work, and they're so productive, and they're doing things that are great, and they're accomplishing things, and they're moving us forward. I'm like, wow, you are amazing. And those are the people I have to worry about, too, because I'm like, you have to stop like you. cannot. <laughs> you cannot be doing this all night long or you know like it it just worries me because I'm like there's no way that this is healthy and 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 I know it's not coming from the employer because I am the employer (laughs) and so (laughs) or Mm -hmm. or maybe it is and I'm being um and I'm you know and maybe I'm unaware of how I'm still signaling or messaging that even though that's not what I want and so that's my point is like all of this, even when it looks good from the outside, could actually be not so good. Um, And it could just be a trauma response. It could just be someone trying to work through or seek affirmation um, where they have not gotten it elsewhere. I mean, it could be so many things. And whether or not that is healthy, um, is really hard to tell. And, um, and it just, it makes me conclude possibly that you know, part of the solution, regardless, is that we should all be, you know seeking and 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 hopefully being able to access um, some trauma healing and and know where we are with all of those things so that we're you know doing things for the right reasons, knowing the tools to set boundaries. like i I, I really think that a big part of this issue is just that we don't. Know what healthy looks like in the workplace or outside of the workplace.
1: He, I, this popped into my head while you were explaining this, which was an amazing walkthrough, let me say. What if entities, nonprofits, and companies had a chief mental health officer? Ooh. Imagine. And like, you know, employees could go and talk through issues. And it's almost yes. like an ombudsman in some ways, too, right? Like, Could Mm -hmm. understand that too much pressure is happening here or if it's self-imposed pressure, right? Like determining that nuance is so important to like, I think a healthy employee-employer relationship.
0: Absolutely. But also
1: deal with, you know, a chief mental health officer could also help with like conflict, could help with, you know, your wellness programs, which should be, I like to think mostly focused on mental health and making sure people don't deplete their energy Mm -hmm. but and and they could be a
0: consultant too in in Mm -hmm. how on how you're structuring your business organization yeah to make sure that it is conducive as a healthy workplace that that should be our goal healthy workplaces like should be our goal and i know that people have probably thrown that term around a lot at some point or what have you and used it in different ways even wellness programs like employee wellness programs have this dark side because (laughs) i don't know what's wrong with employers but somehow they make everything weird um yes but (laughs) because it's that whole like power and control thing i in my in my mind and when it's about power control that's abusive in my mind. And so yep. for me, it's like, how do we actually center people? How do we actually do that? You know, like I, I I sense that as a community, you know, even if it's just generational, I sense that there's this longing for us to, get to a healthier place there's this longing for us to Mm -hmm. to 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 recognize and acknowledge each other's humanity especially you know through and 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 continuing to go through this pandemic um but I don't know that we know how you know it it reminds me of when you go through um therapy or or what have you and and you have to do unlearning you know like the unlearning Mm -hmm is really really challenging because it's all you know and and that that makes me believe that that's w- the case here is all we know is a profit driven model of capitalism that is centered on and puts profit before people like that's what we know that's that's everything that we've learned that's that's the water that is the water and so you know how do we unlearn and then find new path and i really like your practical idea of having somebody in charge of it because that means not only are you centering that but you're you know dedicating resources to it and you're so Mm -hmm. serious about it you're saying this is your job this is your actual job you need to do this job you need to do it well and you need to make sure that we're on the right track and i would i i would really appreciate that person i would love that person
1: (laughs) and i love your idea of also thinking about
0: it in a consultant
1: way because say your employees could anonymously log in Mm -hmm. and zoom with a person right like Mm -hmm. if there's no identity attached to the person they might feel safer to reveal the information yes
0: yes 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 and that's and it's so possible like you literally just spelled out how we can do it um we're going through a strategic planning process right now and i'm so Thrilled already about how it's kind of working, and 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 we talk about this. Though I'm like, what are what are people not saying? You know, because I'm like, yeah. I know that they have more to say, but I'm excited to see that with this facilitator, this third party, some people feel comfortable enough to say things that they wouldn't otherwise say. Um, but I love the idea of like more, like more anonymity, more you know, like secure conversation, more ability to be completely candid, and 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 we have to find you know those opportunities to listen and actually implement and that part i think is 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 probably again more of the challenge too because you can t- you you know most people know the problems some people obviously are ignoring the problems or they they choose not to see them they have blind spots and so it's helpful if somebody points them out with that you know that perspective wherever they're sitting that shares that perspective but even at that point if we can get to that point then how do we find a great way to actually implement something effective you know to those points because so many of these things feel like they are you know in my experience they feel almost like insurmountable issues you know like deep entangled issues where you're like how are we going to do something about this right and I know if I'm feeling that everybody is and so I and so I you know I I just I generally like to center people who are closest to the issues and and really listen to their you know ideas um and I try to make a culture where we can try new things, you know, be solutions-based, but try things and it's okay that we fail. Like I try to tell people, I want you to fail sometimes because they don't believe me when I'm like, it's okay if we don't, you know, if we if it doesn't go well, they don't believe me. So I'm like, please fail. <laughs> I want you yes. to try something new and fail. That will be how you can make me excited. Um, but even even that, I just I I just I guess I'm just sitting here acknowledging and appreciating the magnitude of the issue which is we are really swimming in this water that has been set for us um through a deep you know rooted history in puritanical values and and we've only been taught really you know kind of this one way of thinking and it's been it's been something that I've 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 always been seeking something else I mean I've read you know a lot about um cooperatives and and different things of that nature and and it's really interesting but you don't see a lot of that here in this country and so it almost feels you know it it feels unreachable but then again everything feels unreachable until you see somebody do it so (laughs) so how do we do it how do we do something that works
1: i like to think it is more companies talking or the press focusing more on companies Mm -hmm. that have these policies that are like hey employees you can take as much vacation as you want you can adjust your work schedules as you want we just want you happy and secure and that knowing that you're not depleting all your energy so that we're all getting the best out of everything right like
0: Mm, and a couple uh, of things come to mind when you say that keep going have anymore i think that's everything
1: like i think it is just that positive reinforcement out there in the world that it exists and that it is okay and you can make money and be successful by
0: creating a healthy culture yeah and 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 there's just a couple that come to mind i i i sense a maybe little research project coming on or maybe at least an ai (laughs) research project but um One thing that came to mind for me was, of course, this person years ago who decided, you know, everyone needs to make at least $75,000 a year in my company because that is like the tipping point where people can stop struggling so much and they can actually focus, you know, and yeah. and and be healthy and in a lot of ways where they don't have to be financially struggling. I that always sticks with me and it's something I'm I'm always striving for. Um, another one is um, people have said there are companies that just have unlimited PTO, like you were talking about. I think that's what they call it. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's just it's just unlimited PTO. They just don't there's not, there's not no idea that like, there's only so much of it, which I really like because we spend so much time thinking about how much PTO we have, how much accrues, how much you've used, how much, like, I mean, it would be so lovely for just like, you know what, <laughs> just to take the time when you need it. That'd be great.
1: Um, right. Or even not driving that. like a bat out of hell to make it to your right. appointment.
0: Right. right? Like, it seems yeah. to me it could
1: be really good for society
0: too. Oh yeah. And there's cultures where, you know, people don't shame each other for being late. They're just welcome each other. And so I'm going to, I'm going to try to start, I mean, I'm going to try to start making a point of doing that. I have already been like, you know, we're so, we're just so grateful that you're here, you know, or something to that yeah. effect. But I mean, it's okay to like stop a meeting and greet somebody like a human being. I think that you know, yeah. we, we could get there. Like little, little adjustments could go a long way in just bringing about humanity whenever there's shame, you know, I think that might be one of those points of identification where something could something is ripe for change, you know, whenever there's a, a shaming going on, that's that's paternalism, right? Like, <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> yes, it is. And that's bad. And so I, I, I would challenge us to to seek out those things and say something when we feel it, because oftentimes, it's not us doing it per se um or at least I like to think that you know that it, it might be maybe it's somebody else that doesn't realize like what they're doing or what kind of impact that has um and so we might pause and say or even talk to the person on side or even bring it up as a cultural like goal Ooh, what if we had cultural goals we don't even have Ooh, those we don't really even yes. have those like oh I've been thinking you know a lot about values like yeah
1: there is a huge side at every costco That talks Mm. about their their goals and values Mm -hmm. and i'm like every company should have something like that where at least it's clear what your goals and values are right what you should be striving to yeah yeah and to like break down the shame elements because i want to remind everybody that these paternal patriarchy kind of things if you are a woman or a person of color or lgbtqi or indigenous or whoever i am a able body non-able body hello you were not participating in making up those rules mm. yes right like yeah all these rules that we're talking about
0: were made up by people that were not us no and they're so often unspoken. That's the hardest part, yeah. right? So maybe and, and I always say that abuse really thrives in the darkness and and you have to shine a light, right? So maybe that is part of it, is like putting values and culture front and center i know that in our strategic planning it's it's literally one of the pillars <laughs> where we're doing nice. a whole like we're doing a whole focus group about it you know we're we're putting it in part of all of the groups that that discuss the issue like a culture is so important but it's one of those things that is like disguised in plain sight where people don't necessarily talk about it but they're all participating in in shaping it and conforming everybody to the the you know the the prevailing culture and so maybe naming it and bringing it out and really highlighting it and reminding each other and then holding each other to account is a big part of that and 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 just stating out your values is yeah i think that's a simple practical way to get get a starting point at least
1: I think you are absolutely correct. I'm thinking back about a former employer who would hold these kind of quarterly, biannual meetings and would have expectations, but would not tell people Mm. at the meeting what the expectations are (laughs) and then hold it against them when when they didn't
0: answer in the way that it was expected. Like, how f'd up is that mind reading mind reading abilities are the expectation yeah. <laughs> like, what the uh, actual f are you people yeah. doing no that's not okay um no and and yeah I, I feel like I need to go revisit everything Brene Brown has written because I'm pretty sure she's figured it out and I clearly have not but um but we, we gotta, we gotta strive to get there together and I'm excited that people are talking about it and doing something about it. And I wonder if we can't, you know, continuously highlight more of the ways that, you know, good employers, um, you know, kind of edge, uh, what do I want to say? Like, kind of like the, 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 the forward thinking, um, uh, employers, uh, like what they've come up with because, maybe that's it. We we have to kind of write a new playbook and it's mm-hmm. it's it's hard, you know, to to have a blank sheet of paper and try to come up with something new. Um or even, you know, one of the things people often do is they just try to do the opposite <laughs> of what the yeah. bad thing is and then that's not good either. Um and so, <laughs> you know, maybe maybe that's part of it is like we highlight the things that are working. Um, and I wonder, I'm, I'm sure there's got to be like somebody organizing about this too. Maybe, maybe it's maybe it's investing time to find to find you know what's happening on the cutting edge, like what is actually working. Like, is there maybe there's you know actual data and science behind some of this stuff that we there can really, is. yeah, <laughs> <So> I was <laughs> going to
1: say, encounter to when for people mm-hmm. who Renee Brown doesn't resonate with, I highly recommend. Adam and Grant, who is a Wharton School professor
0: who does deal with the data around this. Awesome! I've seen, I've seen, I've seen them on socials <laughs> because of you. Yes. Sorry, I
1: don't know what. i sorry if anybody heard my phone ringing during that time. <laughs> There's also, that no like, was besides adam grant at uh, mit sloan school also produces information mm. on this because they are very much focused on this kind of the stakeholder economy and how we're adjusting awesome. to that as a culture yeah it's a big kind of kick in the pants for both of them to art laffler and the trickle down economy mm. that you know if you think about it from a like historical perspective although the 40s 50s and 60s and 70s to a large extent Weren't great for a lot of us out there in the world if we had existed at that point in time. But for the business world, they had greater reach into their communities and cared about their communities and cared about their employees because they wanted them to stick around for 30, 40 years, right? (laughs) The era of pensions. yeah. (laughs) Yes. When, you know, your company took care of you for the rest of your life. That was more of a stakeholder economy. Then came Art Laffler, then Reagan and trickle down that started in late 70s, early 80s and has continued until, let's just say now-ish.
0: <laughs> about this but, time, yeah.
1: but, you know, to give some credit to corporate America, the National Chamber of Commerce did put out a statement about sharehold- stakeholder economy mm. in like 2012, 2013 Interesting, And so all these like CEOs sign on saying yes this is what we care about and I think 50% of them or more have at least adapt creative policies that are helpful whether Mm -hmm. or not they're enforced I mean I think that would be to the people who work underneath them to say Mm. but we are seeing more companies I think talk about it positively and I know I am surprised when I start seeing these articles pop up more and more in the very conservative Wall Street Journal and you do see them and yeah. I think it's slowly, you know, maybe we're chipping away. Maybe we're killing and realizing a healthy culture might be a more productive culture. However, you have to think about it. I don't care. To get there. Yeah, <laughs> To get there, right? Like, as long as we get there. Absolutely. If you're just doing it because you can make more money that way. Cool. I don't care. Just let's get to the good
0: points right whatever your reason let's get there together yes. and I sense maybe a part two coming on just because I realized from this conversation with every like with everything you know we sh- we need to be very intentional if if we care right like if yeah. we really if we really believe that something should be um then we need to get informed on how it could be that that how it mm-hmm. I, is is what I've realized from this conversation, what has been missing. There is, um, there's a, you know, there's a, there's a desire, there's a longing for this thing, Um, even a consensus, even, you know, people with the great ideas, but the how is not so clear. Um, Even when you hear about good things happening, it's not, so comprehensive, but I wonder if we can, you know, actually get some of this stuff pulled together in a sense where maybe it will start bringing up a clearer picture of how it might apply to each of our different, you know, workspaces and and how we can strive to healthier workplaces for everyone.
1: I completely agree. And I really love your idea of making sure you include accountability too, right? Like ensuring Mm -hmm. that when you have those policies, that's actually what's happening yeah and maybe it's yeah. you know it's that it's the policies being clear about them having some accountability and then let's maybe add on a kind of ombudsman mental health person that kind of serves as our checks and
0: balances to some extent mm. I mean you just made me think you could even have like a, a mental health audit <laughs>
1: that's just like even once a year like
0: maybe you can't afford to have someone all year round but you could have like a check in you could make sure that you're on the right track Mm -hmm. every year and and maybe it's you know quick interviews of everyone maybe it's anonymous feedback or what have you but but the the actual being able to take a look at your progress and hold yourself accountable or or even hold your you know your workplace accountable whatever that looks like that that could be really really successful that could be valuable
1: I think so, too.
0: Imagine
1: this perfect little world we're creating. (laughs) And nobody can see, but I'm, you know, rubbing my fingers together like I'm creating an evil plan of good. (laughs) Right? Like, I guess to the people who don't like this, it's evil to us. It's amazing and magical. <laughs> they'll, they'll come around. I believe they will.
0: <laughs> they will come around.
1: Once they get over their like hidden trauma and shame and realize that you can actually be treated well and it's yeah. okay and you don't have to live in this world of punishment, yes.
0: Hmm. Maybe trauma healing needs to be just, you know, a, its own. M- benefit like its own employee benefit that just maybe that's where we need to get because if everyone had that we would have healthier workplaces I believe so maybe that's a part of it we'll we'll see we're going to keep exploring for sure this is yes. this is just the beginning of this I can tell <laughs>
1: yes and on that note yes we are taking over the world you know tempered emotions yes (laughs) but we want to make it better for everybody that's our goal yeah
0: for good yeah we want to do it for good stuff (laughs) and thank you for being a part of it everybody we love you and we're so happy that you're here and um, we're excited to continue to be uplifted together. Thank you, Tessa, for everything. I love you. You're so sweet and special and amazing. <laughs> and I admire you so much. And I'm so excited that we got to have this conversation after a long break. So I, know. To be back.
1: <laughs> I love you so much. I'm so glad everybody is here with us and look forward to you joining us as we figure out how to take over the world. for Good.
0: Let's do it take care everyone take Take care care. bye bye (laughs)